Good morning. Amen, amen. A nice, nice bunch of people here this morning. It's great to see everybody. My name is Paul Kenny. I'm actually the worship arts pastor here at Tri-Cities Church. But this morning I am uh, serving in the capacity of speaker. <laughs> Jamie said, preacher. Now, let me give some disclaimers. You know I always got to give disclaimers because I'm a mess. Right? So, first of all, today's message is going to be a lot more instructional. Right? More speaking and teaching than preaching. Okay, is that all right? Yeah. That, are y'all all right with that? I mean, because, you know, this, this is Tri-Cities Church, so, you know, we kind of break the mold on a lot of things. Now, anybody who really likes great speaking, great preaching, somebody that really knows how to put that word together, uh, Wesley will be back next week. And so, uh, he's a great speaker. He is. He, he's phenomenal. I tell him all the time the way he can package things. And so, I'm just going to come in a very let your hair down kind of, I got the stool because I'm trying to contain myself. And sometimes when I sit down, I can contain myself. Uh, one of the things I learned in my many years of teaching. All right. So, let us go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. First of all, for just the breath we breathe, Lord God, and the creation that you have made us a part of. We worship you, Lord God, for all that you are, not for what you've done, but for all that you are. Let our hearts ever sing the song that's grateful for who you are. Now, Lord God, we just ask that you prepare our hearts and our minds for the word that's coming forth this morning. Lord God, I ask you to anoint my mind and my tongue to, see, to say those things that you would have me to say. Let those who have an ear to hear, receive it, apply it, and grow from it. It's in Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, y'all know I'm about technology, so I'm going gonna, uh, gonna to do a couple of things today that are different. Y'all know I got to change it up. Some people even came to me like, hey, man, let me know when you're speaking again so I can move up. Because, you know, they remember the last time I spoke, I gave out some money, you know. So, you know, <laughs> my wife is like, not, not today. Not today, that's not going to happen. And so oftentimes, because we are a new church plant, and, and sometimes we get just so busy in doing the work of ministry and having church, and new people come and we forget they weren't initially here when we started to understand our values and to understand why we do what we do and why we don't do what we don't do. And so I wanted to use this opportunity today to speak about one of our key values, one of our key principles, which is diversity. These are our five Key values, if you didn't know, authenticity, generosity, simplicity, diversity, and grace. Everything we do here at Tri-City Church is based off of those five key values. Now, we don't necessarily always teach on them because actually Wesley and Jamie do a pretty good job of weaving it into everything we do here. But today I'm going to speak directly about the subject of diversity and not just diversity, but diversity as it pertains to worship. So in approaching it, I'm a teacher at nature. So, you know, I have to have a learning slash teaching cycle. And so today's message, I couldn't be any more creative. I just came up with the what, why, and who. Everybody say what, why, and who. What, why, and who. what it is that we're talking about, why we're talking about it, and who does it apply to. And we're talking about that in the area of diversity. Now, I had to look up diversity because, you know, it has many definitions. So this is one I came up with. Variety, assortment, multiplicity, mixture. Uh, discrepancy, range, and social inclusiveness. Let me read that again. Variety, assortment, multiplicity, mixture, discrepancy, range, and social inclusiveness. Now, in that, it was a couple that really stuck out to me. Discrepancy. Because, see, most people say when we have a discrepancy, it's like we have a problem, right? Well, discrepancy simply means 
different from what is normal or expected. Different from what is normal or expected. Then the other one that really stuck out because of our context, uh, social inclusiveness here at Tri-City, we're actually multi a lot of things, right? We're multicultural, we're multi-ethnic, we're multi-generational, we, we, multi-economic. I mean, we have a lot of multi going up in here. And that's a big buzzword in the church world right now. Oh, yeah, we're multicultural. You go a place and you're like, well, everybody looks the same. You say y'all multi-church, multi-per, you know, whatever, whatever, but everybody looks and kind of does the same. But what I found, you can actually have multicultural within one culture. Example, Wesley and I, both of us are African-American young men. We are polar opposites. <laughs> we really look, y'all like, yeah, yeah, you pretty much are. You know, actually, Jamie and I have a little bit more in common than Wesley and I. <laughs> we, really, we always joke about that. All right. But social inclusiveness was a big one for me. This is what it means. Ethnic variety, as well as social, economic and gender variety in a group, society or institution. And so when you start talking about diversity, you have to really lay out some of this framework so people know exactly what we're talking about. Because I found people really, uh, they like the idea of diversity. They like the idea of being diverse. Oh, I'm a diverse person. But in all of my world travels, I found people really like diversity until you become too different. You know, it's like I'm comfortable with it, but, you know, I still got my boundaries. You know, I'm cool with that. But when you go over there, I'm not diverse anymore. I'm kind of setting my ways. Has anybody else had that experience here today? Now, y'all can talk back to me. That would make Wesley nervous. But I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. So we're not just talking about diversity, but we're talking about diversity as it pertains to worship. And so this is some of the definitions we have for worship today. To treat somebody or something, something as dignity. Take part in a religious service. To love someone deeply, to admire or respect somebody or something greatly and perhaps excessively and unquestionably. Let me, yeah, yeah that was the big one, wasn't it? Let me read that one again. To love someone deeply, to admire or respect somebody or something greatly, perhaps excessively and unquestionably. Now, in this context, I have to tell you here at Tri-Cities Church, we believe worship is more than just what happened. And what just happened was great. But we believe that worship is a lifestyle. And worship should permeate every area of your body, every area of your life, every area of your mind. Now, of course, we don't always get that right. But to worship God means to live life out in front of God to God's honor. To worship God means to live God, live life out in front of God to God's honor. There are many types of different worship. It's a certain kind of worship that husbands and wives do that I really enjoy. That's worship. Amen. Amen. We need to worship a little bit more around here. Y'all get that next week. Oh, he, oh, oh, I told y'all I ain't got no sense now. Work with me, work with me. Okay, so what does that look like here in Tri-Cities? Is it a style or a genre? Is it just mixing traditional and contemporary styles? Is it generational? Is it reflective, uh, you know, on how many, you know, or, or affected by how many fast songs compared to slow songs you do? Uh, is it a heavy lead vocals with background or is it more congregational singing? Is it more instrumental or more choral? Is it about using hymns or video screen? These are the questions we kind of ask as we go through and try cities. So funny, um, and I'm going to mess up this name. His name is Jonathan Acuff. Is that right? Acuff. Jennifer, thank you so much. I, I like when the smart people sit in the front and the back. Jonathan Acuff said, he said, I miss that hymnal smell. It's what church smells like to me. 
Worship music splashed on a video screen doesn't have a scent. Even songs as good as How Great Is Our God won't create a memory that transports me back to a time when I was a child and the hymnal was heavy and my heart was light. Is that all right? Like some people, hey man, where the hymnals at? Have you ever had that hymnal smell? All that sweat and, 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 and whatever from the years and that leather just, ah, that just smells. I like what he said. He said, it smells like church to me. And that's something that a lot of us don't recognize. To me. Everybody say, to me. Now, y'all know my area really is pastoral care. And pastoral care is pretty much helping people work through and walk through life confronting themselves. And then in that, encountering God. Okay? And so I'm big on the to me. Because to me is not to you. And what I like, you might not be able to stand. So what does that look like here in a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church filled with people who come from a historical, traditional church background and people who come from a more contemporary church background? What does that look like and why is that important? Depending on your race, culture, age, geographical location, economic status and spiritual background, the idea of worship can vary drastically. Why is this important to know? Well, for one, we're here worshiping together, am I right? That's, that's pretty self-explanatory. It's important because we're here to do that. This is what Wesley says, the great scholar. Here at Tri-Cities Church, we work toward creating a place where diverse people feel comfortable being diverse. Where diverse people feel comfortable being diverse. We're here to learn, grow, fellowship, and worship in a way that we believe God created us to. And we want to be authentic in our attempt in living our lives the way we believe God created us to. So we acknowledge our differences as strengths that help us live and do life together rather than differences that divide and weaken us. Now, before you start thinking you're so special and you're so different and we don't have anything in common. We're going to do something real quick. I want you all to give Jennifer a moment to pull this up. Pull that up for me, Jennifer. Y'all know I don't have no sense, right? So we're going to do this here. We're going to do this here right here in church in church, in the sanctuary. All right, Jennifer, you're getting to pull up. This is going to be so funny, but this is one of those ways that I like to find to help people realize that we all really are the same, you know, in a lot of different ways. You know, we all have certain things in common that all of us, I hope, I hope utilize. Now you might have a bidet, I don't know, but either way, you still have to, you still have to use TP. And so for anybody uh, who is listening to this recording, I don't know if you would or not. TP means toilet paper. Some people call it toilet tissue. Did y'all come, where, where did y'all call it where y'all came from? Where I came from, we called it toilet paper. But my wife calls it bath tissue. Like how bougie is that? Bath tissue. It's toilet paper. TP. Look, Aaron just had a Beavis and Butthead flashback. All right, Jennifer, do we have it up? Okay, so this is so cool. Y'all know I'm about technology, right? Everybody take out your cell phones. Take out your cell phones. This is not going to run up your media minutes. If so, y'all need a, need a better plan anyway if this is going to really affect your bill at the end of the month. I want you to pull up your text messages or, or pull up where you would text somebody. And in the number box, I want you to put 22333. 
222-333. All right? Now, once you have that in the number, that's the number you're dialing. What I want you to put in the comment box is, and this is the age-old question for me. Does the toilet paper go over or does the toilet paper go under? Look, look, look. See, people, under, over, under. Just text, text the number. Look, 100%. Good Lord. <laughs> that means one person has already on it. So if, if you believe it should go up, over, text 588-331. If you believe the toilet paper goes under, text 588-335. If it doesn't matter and who cares, <laughs> then text 631-657. See, some people are like, who cares? I, I just put it on there, which frustrates me to no end. Let me tell you something I do, little secret, while y'all doing this, little secret. When I go to people's house, <laughs> if it's not the way I feel it should be, I switch it. Some of y'all do that too. Okay, so the polls are coming in. The polls are coming in. You, you see the, don't look at the number, the numbers, the number you doubt, but look at the graph. So it looks like a huge percent, 70% says to go over. I'm in that percent. Thank you. We are the smart ones. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pull up the next one, Jennifer. Because, I mean, it just makes sense. Because, like, when it's over and you, and you tear it, it's always there, ready to go. When it's under, if you tear it, you got to roll it around just for it to come. You know what I'm saying? It makes perfect sense, man. It's, come on, man. It makes perfect sense. All right, so this is the next question. So y'all like, in the church? He talking about this in the church? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things to show you how, although we are diverse, we are the same. So, are you a folder? Are you a water? Or does it depend on the quality of the TP? See, y'all, some of y'all don't think like that. Like, it all depends. Because that cheap stuff? Nah, you got a water. That stuff up. Fold ain't going to work. It's not going to get the job done. You know what I mean? Are you a folder? Like, you know, do you, do you fold it? You know? Or do you just get it and just kind of like, like, like my kids do, they, they pull out this much, especially PJ, PJ pull out this much and just, it's a water, that's going to get it done for him. <laughs> Son, that's a half a roll of toilet paper. Good Lord. All right, so what do we have? Folders. See, I'm always in the majority. I like this. I like this. So folders have it. So those of you who've been doing it wrong all these years, get it right. Get it right. Get it right. All right, Jennifer, we can come on out of that. Now, so the funny thing is with this is, who taught you that? Experience? That is great. Sometimes none of us really know where we got the idea for the proper way to do it. But we all do it some way. Am I right? Man, that was a great illustration of diversity. Thank you all so much for, for participating with me. And, and, but that's the thing. So I can't even remember who taught me. I'm a folder. I can't remember who taught I don't remember my mom ever teaching me that. Uh, but it's just when I think about it, it's, it's like, man, well, how many things do I do? I don't even know why I do them. The way I do them. And even more so, why I view the way that somebody else does it as wrong. Because it's obviously working for them, am I right? Diversity in worship. We, we, we building up to it. Okay, so there are three key principles I want to talk about today that I believe highlight the values of diversity. One is spiritual connections. One is cultural connections. And the other 
is communal or community connections. Because it's very important, especially at a church that professes to be multi-anything. Okay? All right, so your spiritual connections, this is so important to me because your spirit man, your spirit that dwells inside of you, should be connected to the Lord through worship in a genuine, authentic, gracious, diverse way. This is what I read. Someone said, the church that has worship without theological grounding or clarity is exalting the form over the substance and the death and the soul, the death of the soul and the spirit of the church. The church that has worship without theological grounding or clarity is exalting a form over substance and the death of the soul of the spirit in the church. Like everything we do here, these lights, this, this is all great. The screen is all that good. But if we are promoting the way we are doing this over why we are doing this, we are destroying the soul and the spirit of a church. What we often run into uh, when it comes to spiritual connections, though, is uh, in the diverse community anyway, is how does the spirit work? Because, see, my, my mother, which I had a little bit of experience of when I was growing up, my mother grew up Catholic. Right. And so it wasn't a lot of movement of the spirit to be spoken of anyway. But on the other side, <laughs> on the other side, a church I went to when I was young, they would say, God is moving by his spirit, moving all the earth, signs and wonders. Is God moving? Move, Lord, in me. And it was spoken of in a way that's like, wow, this is something real intangible that I can feel. This is something that's going to be here in the room. Have you ever been somewhere where it's like, oh, the spirit of the Lord is in this place. Come on, somebody rejoice with me. Come on, come on, somebody put your hands together. The spirit of the Lord is in this place. Now, see, I've been exposed to that. It's so, it's so amazing. I was watching a panel of pastors in this Hispanic pastor talked about how manipulating people's emotions is so easy in church. And so pastors and worship leaders are often challenged with the question of, do I minister to the head or to the heart? Do I minister to the head or to the heart? And this pastor gave a great example of some of the misbeliefs. He said a pastor came in. He was with a pastor somewhere in, in, in uh, South America. And the pastor said, oh, the spirit of the Lord is in this place. Amen. People said, amen. He said, no, 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 you didn't hear me. I said, the spirit of the Lord is in this place. Amen. They said, hey, amen. He said, no, you're still not getting it. The spirit of the Lord is alive in this place. And the place erupted. And he said, stop it. I don't feel a thing. I just manipulated you. That's real. And in some cultures, emotionalism is the culture. And sometimes you get too caught up in the emotionalism of a thing, you don't even realize what the thing is. Now, in some other culture, you got another type of ism, intellectualism, which is so caught up in what's making sense to you. Oh, yes, I identify with God. I understand that principle. Yes, I got that. That, that makes sense to me. That you totally subvert and reject the emotion that's invoked by the spirit. Great example of this. Has anybody in here ever seen a picture 
of the Grand Canyon. Anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon? Okay, well-traveled folks. I need to hang out with y'all. <clears throat> Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls, any of the natural wonders of the world that God has created. Heard it said like this once. I've seen pictures of the Grand Canyon. Photos, videos, other people saw me. But then I went to see it. And from afar, I said, wow, that's the, that's the Grand Canyon. It was like, oh, that's all right. But the closer I moved to it, the experience came different. And as I stood on the edge of the canyon and looked and saw the colors and the depth and all the hues, something was stirred up in me. See, I knew about the Grand Canyon. It was another thing to experience it personally. That's how the Spirit of God works. See, you, not, you cannot only, Dr. Mafiko always taught me, he was my Old Testament Hebrew teacher. He said, God, he was from Africa, God cannot just be learned. God must be experienced. And I was just like, wow, that is so true because we can have a lot of head knowledge. Now, the problem with this is we come from different backgrounds. Some of us come from a liturgical background uh, where we celebrate mass, the liturgy, creed, sacraments, uh, and order of service. And, you know, that's our way of acknowledging God and his deity through scriptures alone. Second Timothy supports this. Second Timothy 4 and 11 through 13 says, devote yourself to the public reading of the scriptures, to preaching and teaching. Now, that's one side of the equation of how some of us may have been raised. Like I said, my mother was raised in that kind of environment. Then some of us come from a more oral background. Spiritual traditions passed down through songs and stories. Romans speaks a little bit about this. Uh, when, when you don't have the literacy to write words or read words. Romans 8, 26 and 7 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's will. Now, as I said, some of us come from a more liturgical background. Some of us come from a more oral tradition. Myself, I come from the more oral tradition. And in doing my history, and I'm trying not to be too heavy. Wesley told me not to be too theological with y'all. I'm too heavy with y'all. Don't tell him that. Edit that out, uh, Kyle. Uh, glad we got that type of technology. But it was a time in this country where a lot of us sitting in this room would not have been able to be taught. We weren't allowed to learn to read. We weren't allowed to learn to write. And so the way we learned was through our very first our very first Bible for black folks, I'm sorry, for African descended people <laughs> were hymnals. Psych, I'm just kidding, that was, that was for the other folk. Our very first word were the spirituals. And we sang them and see, we just had to sneak off to these things called brush harbors. Because see, we couldn't all congregate together and worship God the way we knew without master being there. So what they do, they wait in the water, wait in the water, children, wait. And that let folks know, we having service tonight. That let folks know, I'm going to sneak off once it gets dark and we're going to have service tonight. And so the way they came to understand a lot about God was through those songs and through those spirituals. Now, let me say this real quick, because see, when you're in a multi-setting like we're in right now, and you bring up something like slaves and masters. People can kind of get uncomfortable. 
You know what I mean? It's like, oh, he didn't go there. First the toilet paper, now this. <laughs> but listen, listen. <laughs> listen, this is the thing. Everything I'm saying and, and everything we're about here at Tri-Cities Church, it's not about condemning. It's about informing. We're not condemning. We are informing. When things were what they were, guess what? They were. And, and, and for us to just not acknowledge that allows us to kind of live in a fantasy. And then we invite other people into our fantasy and make them be in our fantasy. And they're just like, I don't want to be in your fantasy. And so just to put it out there, listen, nobody that's in this room did those actions. I know I got relatives that I wish I could separate myself from their behavior and from their history. And so that's not what we're doing here. We're not condemning. We're informing. Oh, say, okay, okay. So keep it moving. Keep it moving. What's our approach here at Tri-Cities Church to spiritual connections? This, this is what we are. I like it. Rick Machow uh, is a worship leader out at um, Rick Warren's church, Saddleback. Uh, I don't know if you ever read The Purpose Driven Church, or Purpose Driven Life. This is his worship leader who, uh, who wrote this in a book called The Worship Leader's Answers Book. It's called Excellent Music Cannot Substitute for the Spirit's Power in Worship. Eloquent speaking cannot replace the power of the spirit in a person's heart. Authentic worship happens at a spiritual level. Worship happens when the Holy Spirit in us rises to magnify the almighty God, giving the father the honor he deserves and lifting up his son, Jesus. And that's how we really feel here at, at Tri-Cities Church. And so moving along for time's sake, uh, you might get out early tonight. I mean, today too, I meant to tell you that. So, you know, cultural connections. Once again, I said we are a multicultural church. Very multicultural. As I said, we have a lot of people from the same ethnic background who, who grew up in totally different cultures. Grew up in totally different cultures. And, but this is what uh, our history. Our history affirms that the manner in which our forebearers slash ancestors in the faith spoke to God and were spoken to by God is relevant for us today. 1 Kings 8 and 57 58 says, may the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us nor forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him to walk in obedience to him and to keep the commands, decrees and laws he gave to our ancestors or he gave our ancestors. And so when, when we have these type of tensions and y'all know I like tension because that's that pastoral care thing is causing you to encounter yourself. Why do I have that tension when they play that song? I don't like that song. It does something to me. Why do I like what I like? Why don't I like what I don't like? Our cultural background can have an enormous impact on how we approach worship. Our cultural background. Notice I didn't say ethnic. ethnic. I said cultural. Our cultural backgrounds can have a huge impact on how we approach worship. Worship. For example, Wesley Bowden. Wesley shared with me a story. He said, well, you know, Paul, I grew up in a Baptist church. He said, and, uh, you know, it was all right. You know, he said, but once I got a little older, I came to Point, <laughs> which is where we are right now. This, this used to be Point's chapel. was totally different. It was pews in here and everything. And the stage looked a, a little different. And he shared with me a story. He said, I would come. And I would just sit down and cross my arms. They were doing all this contemporary Christian music. 
I'm like, what is that? I grew up in a Baptist church. Where the organ at? You know, where, 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 where the organ at? I'm, you know? And he said, man, I would sit down. He said, and one of my buddies, who was of another ethnic group, would be by me and just be praising and going in, man. He said, I'd just be sitting there like, he said, and I'd stand, you know, because I was raised right. He said, but I still just standing with my arms closed. And he said, but one day he said, man, just read the words. Don't listen to how it's being said. Just read the words. And he said, I sat there and I started reading the words. He said, next thing I know, I stood up and started speaking the words. Now, Wesley can't sing, so we're only going so far with this analogy. I'm not, I'm not living in that fantasy. But he said he learned to love it. Now, I mean, he, he loves it, like, I think more than he would like the music in a Baptist church. Myself, on the other hand, I grew up in a multi-kind of environment, period. But you know, my first Bible, Bibles, were two groups. The Winans, Commission. My whole early theology, my theological grounding, was given to me by two groups, the Winans and Commission. I didn't know all the scriptures. Mom, don't get me wrong. Mom read us the scriptures. We went through the scriptures. But when times were looking bad for me, and when I got sad and I was like, oh, I don't got nobody that came, the ordinary just won't do. I need a love that's pure and true. I can always find it in you, Jesus. That was it. That was it for me. That, that was the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Then it was like, you know, any other circumstances that come up with it. The question is, <laughs> some of y'all know about that, but don't y'all, you know, or even uh, I remember when I got my real idea of how great God was. It was a song on the wine road called Everything You Touch is a Song. Oh, man, y'all, y'all, oh, man, y'all got to hear that. Look that up. Everything You Touch is a Song by the Winers. If you don't know it, you, you. Man, you got to listen to that song. It, it, it'll, it'll blow your mind. You touch the bird, and that's a song. And that bird started to sing. Tweedledee. Oh, man, it's, it's cold. We're in the jungle when you touch the lion, and that's a song. And all that lion started to roar. That's boy, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> that is it. But see, Jess, Wesley and I is different. Different upbringings made our experience with worship very different. And so to me, worship was something that I was supposed to be encountering, not just doing. It was something I was supposed to be experiencing. It was supposed to move me. It was supposed to move me. Now, what I found, which is a very important aspect, like I said, God can't just be learned. God must be experienced. But what I found, John Piper, I don't know if you all know, know who John Piper is. Uh, he put it in a great way that, that I, I didn't want to jack it up by trying to paraphrase it. He said, God is most glorified in me when I'm most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in me when I'm most satisfied in him. At first, I didn't get it. because I was like, wait a minute, you ain't always satisfied, you know. What do you mean by that? And I chewed on a little bit. And he was talking about his experience. The more he experienced God in the revelation of how and who God was in his life fuels 
how passionate he speaks and writes and teaches about God. I put something in my own words. I was actually right back in this morning. It came to me. It says, my delivery flows from my passion and my passion comes out of my experiences. So it'd be very hard for me to sit up here and just read the liturgy, even though it's all truth. It would be very hard for me to be up here and it not be any afflictions in my voice or, or any heavy breathing because I know what God has done for me. And when you know and when you acknowledge, you have to acknowledge. Amen? Amen. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. I'm going longer than I expected on that. All right. So when, uh, when do we resist certain forms of worship? Because I don't want you to think everything is just you know, good to go up here because I'm not for miming. <laughs> Some people really like miming. I, I just laugh, man. I can't help it. I just laugh because it's like, because no matter what they're doing, what type of dance or song they're dancing to, the box is coming. In church, on the street, no matter what they, however lovely it is, the box is coming. It's, it's, it's coming. And so that's just funny to me. It's, it's, it really is. It's fun to me, so I can't do it. And say, okay, so listen to this. This is something, um, this is something that uh, W. Williamson said in a book called uh, Worship as Pastoral Care. He said, much modern worship has degenerated into personality, uh, personality cult, into a personality cult for the adoration of the pastor or a shallow, narcissistic subjective, sub- subjectivity, I'm jacking this up, subjectivity that builds on the latest pop psycho psychologies and fads. Let me read that again. The much modern worship has degenerated into a personality cult for the adoration of the preacher or shallow narcissistic subjectivity that builds on the latest pop psychology and fads. And I mean, I don't know if you've experienced that, but I've experienced that in some places. And so we work against that here at Tri-Cities Church. Um, What that kind of talks about is when the worshipers become worshipped. When the worshipers become worshipped. This is what Timothy uh, 3, verse 2 through 5 had to say about it. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Now that's kind of difficult, right? Have nothing to do? Aren't we supposed to be inclusive? See, you can be affirming of a person without being affirming of their behavior. You can affirm a person's beingness and give space and place to who they are as a person. Part of creation, just like you, that don't mean you have to affirm their lifestyle. That's a key principle also here at Tri-Cities Church. Romans 1, 25 says, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Created things, the lights, oh, the show, the latest show. I'm telling you, Andy Stanley and them do it big. Have anybody ever, ever been to a cap, uh, Catalyst Conference? It's bad. Like, the stage is lit. Actually lit. They can move it around. It's, it's a lot. But we can't worship that stuff. And worship can't not go on. Is that a double negative? Worship can't, I'm going to say it again, worship cannot never go on 
because those things aren't there, worship has to still flow from us. Okay? Uh, outside of this type of idolatry, we strive to be sensitive to the fact that there are many ways to worship God. Moving right along, my point, my third point, communal connections. We are a community. We are a church community. <clears throat> we believe that we're, that we're called and designed by God to live and lift, live our lives out within community. And as much as possible, diverse communities. Unfortunately, there are certain types, uh, you know, of practices that hinder the spirit of community from embracing the differences of others. Their only concern is with themselves and their own norms. This is a nice quote I, I found. It said, the superficial silliness of many misguided contemporary attempts at celebration and the dulled predictability of many traditional Sunday morning services may speak more to our adoration and protection of ourselves our desire and our notions of ourselves rather than the living God who called us together. The living God who called us together. Romans 15, 1 through 9, reads like this. <clears throat> we who are strong are to bear up the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the embrace, through the endurance thought in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude and mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant to the Jews. On behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed and moreover that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. I mean, verse one through nine to me just encapsules a lot of what we are. What we do, we're not just doing it for ourselves here. We're doing it for the benefit of community. There's an African uh, kind of mindset. It's called Ubuntu. And what Ubuntu is, that Nelson Mandela was really big at promoting it. It means I am because we are. And we are because I am. And so it was all about the community. And if you're ailing in our community, if you're failing in our community, our community is failing. We can't separate ourselves from you. Amen? Amen. It's heavy. We going. All right. It's important to us here at Tri-Cities Church to let everyone uh, who may come and worship with us know whom it is that we're worshiping. Carl Barth, I don't know if y'all know who he is, theologian, writer. You might not agree with everything he says. I don't, but I agree with this. He said, let God be God in the church. Let God be God in the church. Matthew 15, 8 and 9 reads like this. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. That's why I said some of us do stuff that we don't even know why we do it, when we learned it, how we know it, or where it came from, we just do it, not realizing that, hey, this is not 
This is not God's word. These are human rules. And so that's why I like for us to have that tension because when you have that tension, it causes you to have to ask, ask those questions of yourself. So what are my walkaways here? Let, let's make sure we have a clear or at least a grasp on what diversity is. Diversity is more than being tolerant of differences of others. It actively seeks understanding and on a level acceptance of those differences. Empathy toward those whom differ from what we consider normative. The great scholar, theologian, preacher, musician, father, husband, Jamie Vernon once said, it's not about tolerance. It's about accommodation. And accommodation is about putting the likes and needs of others before your own. It's not about tolerance. See, some of us think being diverse is I, I can tolerate you. I can be around you for a little bit. Some people in some tolerant marriages. Y'all need to be more accepting. That's another message for another day. If they let me back up. <laughs> All right, another one of the walkaways. And it is so great. Where's Bryant at? I don't know if you ever had a chance to experience Bryant. He's our intern. He had a chance to be in on a meeting this past Monday. I said, man, this is some rich experience, but I, I hope you as a church, future church planner are getting this, where Jamie Wesley and I were going at it about what worship meant here at Tri-Cities Church. Because we're all passionate about what we're passionate about, right? Jamie's going to jockey for what he wants. I'm, I'm jockeying for what I want. And Wesley, he's about Wesley, you know. But it's all for the greater good of the people, you know. And so Brian got to sit on there. I said, man, that was a great exposure for you to see how you work in a diverse community with diverse ideas to still get the greater good done. All right. So what's a clear view of diversity in worship for us? It's not as important how we worship as whom we worship. I'm wrapping up. It's not as important how we worship as whom we worship. Okay? A clear view of what the approach to worship looks like here at Tri-Cities Church. The church shouldn't just be a reflection of what is. It should also point to what is to come. So we value diversity because the word says our final destination is a unified diversity in the worship of God. Revelation 7 and 9, uh, verse 9 through 10 says, After this I looked. And there before me was a great multitude that no number could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne, standing before the throne and before the lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb who will not fear. I'm sorry. Then we go to verse 15, verse 4 in Revelation. It says, who would not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations, all nations will come and worship before you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. Final thought. Our goal is to create a place and an atmosphere where people feel free to worship and honor God without having to worry about the norms of current culture. If you didn't get anything else out of what I had to say to you today, and I told you this would be a lot more informative, more speaking and teaching than preaching. Get this. Our goal is to create a place and atmosphere where people feel free to worship and honor God without having to worry about norms of current culture. I have something over here I want to show you real quick. Church I was working at some years ago. It was a nice size church, about 6,000 members. 
they gave out awards to church volunteers. And I got this. I don't, I don't know if you all can see that. For those listening by recording, it's a zebra. <laughs> it's a zebra. And the zebra award at this ministry meant this. Although you blend in with the crowd, you're individual all the same. And you're unique in your giftings. And you contribute your uniqueness to the collective. And so I, I, I got that. Uh, I got this and it was so cool because I started thinking about zebras. Like when you just look at a herd of zebras, you can't tell the difference. Like these are all zebras. We can't tell if, if, if they white with black stripes or black with white stripes. We don't know. They just, they're just zebras. But no zebras, no two zebra stripes are the same, kind of like your fingerprints. But yet and still, they exist together for safety, to find food, to protect their young, and to live and do life together. So that's, that's what we believe here at Tri-Cities. Y'all all zebras. <laughs> amen. Look, somebody said, amen. I'm a zebra. This is the challenge I want you to walk away with today. Uh, how many people are doing the, the, the third day prayer challenge? It's quite a few people. Nobody's in here doing the third? Okay. I'm about to say, we got a few. I've seen you on Facebook. Wesley gave a challenge. I believe it was for 15 minutes. It's a five, 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 right? I'm adding five minutes. Because <laughs> I have the mic and I can do that right now. And so if you don't do it, you know, shame on you. Five, five, five. So you got five minutes of, of, of prayer, of Five minutes of reflection, five minutes of prayer. And you know what? And so we can keep 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Edit that out, Kyle. Uh, We're going to keep it 10 minutes. So I want you to do your five minutes of prayer. And then during your five minutes of devotion, I want you to try to listen to some of the music we do here at Tri-Cities Church. Every week we send out a newsletter. And on the bottom of our newsletter has our praise and worship lineup on it, what we're going to be doing that coming Sunday. And it has the artist, so you can find it on YouTube or iTunes if you want to buy it or, you know, any other way you may already have it. And so I want you to pray first. And then I want you to listen to some worship music while you have your reflection and see, do you glean anything from the music? Can, can we agree to do that this week? Anybody who wasn't doing the challenge, just spend five minutes listening to some worship music and reflecting on God. But I, I, I really, I encourage you to do the challenge. Five minutes of prayer, then five minutes of reflection, just listening to what God is trying to say to you. And if we could try to do that with some of the worship music we do here at Tri-Cities Church, I think it'd be great. We have one of our uh, members. She asks us a while back, she says, hey, can you guys start putting, I don't know if you, you all noticed that, we didn't always do that, putting the, the artist up there with the song. He said, hey, can you all start letting us know who does the songs? Because I, I don't come from this background, and so I don't know who these people are, but I really like that song. I like to listen to them. And so now every day at the gym, she listens to our praise and worship lineup. So by the time she gets here on Sunday, hey, she's, it's already in her heart. She knows the words. Because some, some of these songs got a lot of words. <laughs> Amen? That's another cultural difference. Is it repetitive or is it very wordy? It's, I mean, is, is that natural? That's, that's, that's a natural difference. And so let's embrace those differences. Let's do as Wesley's friend told him. Listen to the words. Read the words. Because our hearts are all about glorifying God. Amen? Amen. 
Amen. Hopefully you got something out of that today. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Lord God, we just thank you so much. First of all, that you've called us to such a diverse place where our diversities are celebrated and not condemned, where our differences make us stronger instead of making us weaker, where we see the value in others and in the opinions of others. Help us learn together while we're here on this earth to dwell together. For we believe our final destination is heaven. Where all nations, all tongues, all languages will all sing. Hallelujah. Glory is the lamb that was slain. It's in Christ Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.